in 30 days on the Did You Hear podcast, part of the Blue Wire Hustle podcast network. Today is April 1st. It is opening day of the 2021 Major League Baseball regular season. I have spent each day in March previewing all 30 Major League Baseball teams in alphabetical order, and today it is finally here, and I continue on with my season preview of the San Francisco Giants. So as you can tell, even though it is opening day, I unfortunately am not through all 30 teams because I took weekends off throughout the month of March, so I'll be going about a week longer, but I'm really excited to talk about the Giants today. And as I was doing my research for San Francisco, before I even looked at their Pakoda win-loss record, I knew that I was going to go over. The Giants were one of those sleeper teams at the beginning of the shortened 2020 season where if a couple of things had gone differently, if a couple of things had gone in the Giants' favor, they might have gotten a playoff spot. And it might it would have been a in an expanded playoff, but still, I, I am really actually pretty high on the Giants. I think they have the perfect mix of veteran talent, young talent, and pitching that if things go right, some crazy things could happen. So as usual, I'll go through the history of the club in the past few years, additions, departures from this offseason, position battles, starting rotation, bullpen, bench, prospects, and I'll finish up as usual with my philosophy on this team. So it is opening day because the Giants play later because they are on the West Coast. Their lineup isn't in yet, but I have my projections for what I believe will be their opening day roster because they are going up against Seattle Mariners and Marco Gonzalez, who is a left-handed hitter, left-handed pitcher, excuse me. So let's start off with the the history of this team in the past few years. And even though the Giants were one of the most dominant teams of the 2010s, the past four years have not been good. If they have a losing season this year in 2021, it'll be the fifth consecutive losing season for the Giants. That would be the first such streak in the team's 138-year franchise history. So the Giants, it is completely up to them to try and break this streak. I personally think they will, and I actually think it is more more likely that they finish right at 500 than losing, but I'll get into that more in a bit. So I won't go get into the specific numbers, but the past four seasons have all been losing records. Only in 2017 did they finish dead last in the NL West. But of course, it's a tough, tough year to be in the NL West with how dominant the Dodgers and the Padres are. But with that being said, I actually think there is a lot of time and a lot of games for the Giants to beat up on Definitely the Rockies and the Diamondbacks, who are even worse off than when I started off March with my season preview of the D-backs, because they are no longer with their ace, Zach Gallen, who just fractured his arm in the hitting cage. So if that says anything, it means give the universal DH, bring it back so we don't have stupid injuries like this one. But I do think the Giants are in as good as a position as you could have hoped in the NL West. So... They did have a busy offseason, and while I was doing research, this was one of my favorite teams to research because they might not have the most quality names. They only had one Gold Glove finalist last year. They have a couple big names like Buster Posey, but they don't have Madison Bumgarner. They don't have these stars like you have on other teams on the West Coast. 
But the Giants find ways to get things done no matter what. So this offseason, they added Tommy LaStella, Anthony DiSclefani, Alex Wood, Aaron Sanchez, Jake McGee, backup catcher Kurt Casale. The major guy they lost was Jeff Samargia, who had a, an abysmal season last year, so I don't think they cared too much about parting ways with him. But it's it's a real strategy that the Giants are working with here in the third year with manager Gabe Kapler, or excuse me, the second year with manager Gabe Kapler, and the third year with their president of baseball ops, Farhan Zaidi. When Farhan Zaidi came in, he's obviously very analytics-driven, one of the top elite minds in the game. He wasn't given a clean slate. He was given a roster with a bunch of guys on the wrong side of 30, a bunch of aging players who are no longer in their prime, and he just had to tinker. And especially in the shortened season, you see, you saw a lot of small moves being made, nothing big, not a ton of progress being made. But you also had emerging stars in Donovan Solano and Mike Yastrzemski really break out. You saw young guys get some time. You saw Kevin Gosman break out as one of one of the best pitchers in the National League, and he continues to be in that category. So I think so far the Giants have done an excellent job. And in this full 2021 season, they're going to get a full look at all these players. Even though they added a bunch of guys this offseason, every single addition besides Tommy LaStella and Jake McGee were signed to one-year contracts. That plus a lot of guys being in the final year of their guaranteed contracts in 2021. In 2022, I think the Giants have three players on their books. That is as close to a clean slate as you can get. So the Giants, it's only an upwards trajectory for them here. Let's get into the position battles. According to Pakoda, the Giants actually have 11 position players who are better than average offensively. That's tied with the Yankees and the Blue Jays for the most. So again, they might not have a star-studded lineup, but they have a lot of guys that are above average offensively. A lot of these guys are below average defensively, but I'm focusing on the offense because the Giants believe that they're going to, quote, Gabe Kapler, kick ass in the batter's box, and they're hoping their defense can just be average. It's not going to cost them games. But catcher, we're going to see Buster Posey in 2021. He opted out of the 2020 season. He had major hip surgery in 2019. So he is completely a wild card, and he's not even anywhere close to when he was Rookie of the Year and MVP working on five, six years ago. This is his final year of his contract, Buster's contract. You most likely will not see the Giants re-extend him, especially because one of their top prospects, Joey Bart, is progressing nicely in their system. But Buster Buster Posey really deserves some credit here. He is making his 10th start on opening day. He has been the face of this franchise for 10-plus years now, and everyone just hopes that he can stay healthy this year. That is the most important thing for him, amongst all these other young stars who can maybe hold more of the brunt, the production brunt that he had to take on when he was younger and healthier. Another guy, Brandon Belt, who actually is coming off one of the strongest seasons of his career. He picked up some MVP votes last year, but it's the same kind of story with Brandon Belt. This is the final year of his contract. He probably won't get re-extended. He's making his 10th start on opening day. It's a really nice story with Posey, 
Belt and then Brandon Crawford, who I'll talk about in a second over at shortstop. These guys who have just been so present and apparent and accessible in this Giants organization. And you hope that they can just have one more successful season before the new wave comes in under Farhan Zaidi and a lot of these young prospects. At second base, it's one of these prospects who really came into his own last year, Donovan Solano. He was a silver slugger last year. He batted 326. He was in running for the batting title before he cooled off a bit down the stretch, but he had an excellent season. They're hoping his offensive production stays strong and it did in spring training. Brandon Crawford, like I mentioned, making his 10th start. He's on the final year of his contract. Somebody like him, he's dealt with injuries before, but Crawford has played in at least 88% of every single Giants game since 2012. So talk about longevity. As top-heavy and as as talented as the shortstop position is now, talk about that. Francisco Lindor signed a mega contract yesterday for 10 years, $341 million to stay long-term with the Mets. But Brandon Crawford, unfortunately, the, the shortstop position has just gotten so much younger and more athletic around him. And where he is right now, he just can't compete. But that being said, he's still... Really a cornerstone of this franchise. And then at third base, a new face, Tyman Lestella, who had time with the A's last year. He's below average defensively, but something that the Giants really, really, really care about, strikeout to walk ratio. The numbers might not pop off the page for all these hitters, but if they don't strike out a lot and if they do walk a lot, those are the biggest indicators that a guy has really good plate discipline, he doesn't chase, and he doesn't swing and miss a lot. And the Giants value that so heavily. So, Tommy Lestella, one of the few, one of the two free agents, to be even more specific, who was signed to a multi-year deal and who will be part of this Giants' new future, Tommy Lestella had the lowest strikeout rate in the majors last season. Very important for the Giants. Now we move to the outfield. So, this is something there where it's valuable that I did the Giants today on opening day because I would have given the opening day left fielder spot to Alex Dickerson, but he is not starting today because Marco Gonzalez on the Mariners is a lefty and Dickerson is a left-handed hitter. So Austin Slater will start and and for now the 13th straight year, the curse of Barry Bonds continues. There has been a new left fielder for the San Francisco Giants every single year since 2007. I really think this should be an asterisk this year because it would have been Alec Dickerson, Alex Dickerson, but I guess that's just how it goes. So Slater will slot in at left. I think you see him and Dickerson taking on that platoon partnership throughout the course of the season against righties and lefties, respectively. In center field, you have Mauricio Dubon, who is also a backup shortstop, which says just as much about the... Giants' lack of positional depth at a few positions. He also has a really good strikeout-to-walk ratio, which I just talked about the Giants valuing so heavily. He led the team with eight walks this spring. So I've talked about it before on some of these previews. I don't put a lot of stock into a player spring training, and for the majority of these positions, I don't feel like spring training performances are the most important factor, but I actually did put a lot of stock 
in some of these giant stats. And that one from Mauricio Dubon is a really good sign. Yeah, you might not be seeing either a really good pitcher, um, even a major league ready pitcher, or a major league ready pitcher's best stuff. But still, if you can show plate discipline at this stage, I think that's something that is durable and can stay throughout the season, and that'll be important for Dubon. And then in right field, Mike Yastrzemski, grandson of Carl Yastrzemski. The story and the name alone is enough, but then Yastrzemski went out and finished eighth in NL MVP voting last year. The expectations are on him now to perform, whereas they weren't last year, and he was just a really cool breakout story. But I don't think that phases Yastrzemski. I think he he is a huge part of the Giants' future and definitely somebody they that they extend if he goes out and has a nice 2021 season. So now let's move to the bench. I mentioned Dickerson. He has really good power from the left side, which the Giants can definitely use a lot of. In 2020, he had a 159 OPS+, plus, a 576 slug, another huge breakout candidate along with Yastrzemski. Wilmer Flores, a good, versatile bench option. He can play second outfield, even first a bit. He had a 126 OPS plus last year. And of course, you can't mention the Giants without mentioning Evan Longoria. This guy, he's dealing with plantar fasciitis, so I don't believe he will be in the starting lineup on opening day. But I do think, especially if Tommy Lestella struggles at all or if his defense just isn't cutting it, Evan Longoria is a pretty good backup option. I mean, this guy, he is a 57 career war. If you're talking about 60 being pretty much the baseline for Hall of Fame recognition, Evan Longoria is pretty much there. He's obviously declined of late, but everyone can still remember how dominant he was in Tampa Bay. He has three gold gloves, two all-stars. He's never finished in the top five in MVP voting, and you have to think that that book is that chapter is pretty much closed but he can still add some serious defensive skills at third which is a huge weakness for this entire Giants roster and some nice time either in a pinch hitting role or just as in a role in the lineup so that is the those are the position battles now let's get to starting pitching and again I have to harp on this the Giants might not have a lot of stars but they do not have that many guys where fans are like, oh, he's starting today. We're definitely going to lose. I really don't think the Giants have any of those guys, both defensively and offensively. And I have a stat to prove it because according to Eno Saris at The Athletic, the Giants have 20 functional arms. Functional arms are defined as pitchers projected for a 4-5 ERA or lower. That's tied with the Rays for the second most functional arms in baseball, and it's only one behind the league-leading Mets. So that is insane. I'm not saying that the Giants are happier with their rotation than with the Dodgers, who have four Cy Young winners. But from number one to number 20, the Giants have a lot of confidence in their guys. And the guy that they have the most confidence in is Kevin Gosman who signed a $18.9 million qualifying offer this season because he had such a good 2020 campaign. He was waived by the Braves just a few seasons ago. 
He's now the starter on opening day. So I think these are just huge confidence moves for him. Of course, you're putting all this stock in a shortened 2020 season, but the metrics are there that prove that Gosman's performance was not a fluke. His four-seamer is 99 miles per hour with a lot of movement, which is something that the Giants really value. So behind him, another candidate that you definitely could have seen on opening day, Johnny Cueto. This guy's 35 years old. He's 16 starts removed from Tommy John surgery, so I think that still qualifies him as a wild card. But I I was surprised by this number because Johnny Cueto is he ranks 11th among active pitchers in wins. That's not necessarily what I would have guessed. But I think Cueto deserves a lot of credit for being on a team that has performed adequately in the past few seasons, but when he is on the mound, the Giants do well around him. And a guy who performed exceptionally well in spring training that earned himself the third spot in this rotation, 24-year-old Logan Webb. In this spring, he threw 17 innings, 22 strikeouts, just two walks, and opponents hit 119 against him. Again, it is a minute sample size, but that's a big deal for somebody to go on this stage. Again, the competition might not have been what he'll see at the majors against either the Mariners or any other team that they face in the early season, but I really think Logan Webb earned himself this spot, and he also had a few injuries go for him as well. So the four guy will be Anthony DiSclefani, who had a terrible 2020, 69 ERA plus, his FIP was 6.1. Aaron Sanchez coming over from Toronto, he had shoulder surgery in 2019, he didn't pitch at all, and then he didn't pitch in 2020. Complete wild card. And then they did bring over Alex Wood this offseason. He would have been in the rotation on opening day, which might have pushed Logan Webb to the bullpen but Wood will start the season on the I.L. So, before I finish with relief pitching and the prospects and my philosophy, I'll just say quickly about this rotation. I think you have reason to have optimism because Cueto, if nothing else, is consistent. Gosman, you hope that he continues this upward trajectory of greatness and of opposing hitters really being afraid to hit against him, which a lot of hitters mentioned last year. If you get average performances from DiSclefani, Sanchez, and Wood, that will be better than what they did last year, right? DiSclefani was bad last year. If he's good, if he's fine, that's an advantage. If Sanchez pitches at all and he's good, that's better than nothing last year. And same with Wood, who was fine with the Dodgers last season, but is much more in a starting role this year. There's a reason why the Giants were able to secure so many free agents starting pitchers because there were so many spots to fill. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing. They didn't go out and sign Trevor Bauer, but they also signed all these pitchers to one-year deals. The Giants, even if every single player overperformed, the Giants were not going to win the NL West this year. Even if every single player overperformed, they probably won't even make the playoffs this year. So I'm fine with them bringing on some flyers for a year, seeing how they do, tinkering a little bit, seeing how some prospects develop, 
and then really going back to the drawing board and figuring out what their direction is for 2022 and beyond. So that pretty much is my team philosophy. I said it too early. But just quickly on relief pitching, Jake McGee, he was on the Dodgers last year. He will probably get the most save opportunities. And I think people sleep on Giants closers. Mark Melanson was very good, and Will Smith was very, very good in 2019. Behind him, we have Matt Whistler, Tyler Rogers, who was good in high-leverage situations. And now let's talk about prospects. The Giants have five guys in the top 100, and they're all ranked pretty high. Marco Luciano is the shortstop. He's number 16 on the MLB's top 100 list. Joey Bart, who I mentioned, Buster Posey's successor, number 23 overall. Helio Ramos, the outfielder, comes in at 82. And Hunter Bishop, another outfielder, ranks 83rd overall. There are some teams that have a below-average Major League roster and a below-average farm system. And then there are some teams that have an above-average farm system and above-average roster like the Padres. But that is unique. The Giants are the perfect blend of veterans and new guys. As soon as Buster Posey retires, you have Joey Bart. As soon as Brandon Crawford retires, you have Marco Luciano. And you can really mix and match with all those guys. Mauricio Doban in the outfield. Some middle infielders that could maybe transition to first when Brandon Belt retires. I think it's the perfect mix. And I think it is just, I'm so high on this Giants organization and what Farhan Zaidi has done in just the few years that he's been with the Giants so far. Because yes, they've had losing seasons. But I think finally in 2021, they will really have the chance to show people that they're on the right track and show fans that they won't sustain this losing streak for long. Pakoda has them at 74 wins, finishing fourth in the NL West. I definitely think the Giants will finish above the Diamondbacks. And I mentioned that I actually think they can propel and pad their record a little bit by beating up on the D-backs and the Rockies in the West. And 74 wins, I'm going a hard over. Part of me wants to think that the Giants will finish at exactly 500. 81 wins and 81 losses. That would end the losing streak. Maybe I'll give them 82 wins and 80 losses just for the sake of having the first winning season in four years. But I am high on everything that the Giants are doing. If their pitchers are just better than they were last year and their hitting stays the same, that puts them in a better spot than they were last year when they were just two games below 500. Again, a shorter sample size, but I think you continue to see positive success from Solano and Yastrzemski. They they really come into their own and replace the production that you won't get anymore from Posey or Crawford. Those guys, again, you hope that they stay healthy and you hope that they can at least hit But you can't count on Posey to have 30-plus home runs. You just can't anymore. So I absolutely love what the Giants are doing. I think you can give them a lot of credit for at least having a direction. And even if they do disappoint this season, it would obviously be very disappointing if they have their fifth consecutive losing season. But at least in 2022, man, they have three guys under contract. They will have so much money to work with. They won't have any veterans to have to worry about aging players. They can go out and get whoever they want. They can continue to develop their prospects and they can create a winning culture. And that's what matters in baseball. 
So that'll wrap up my season preview of the San Francisco Giants. Go out and enjoy opening day. As always, make sure to check out the link in the bio of this episode for any previous season previews that you missed before I started moving this feed over to my Did You Hear podcast feed. But thank you for listening, and make sure to tune in tomorrow for a Seattle Mariners season preview.